the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In the Gospel of St. Luke in chapter 14, just before the Gospel passage that you heard chanted just a moment ago, our Lord Jesus Christ had been teaching everyone that was with Him. He'd been teach teaching that when you're invited to a dinner, to a banquet, you receive that invitation, you come. Come to the banquet in humility. Don't come and take the best seat of the house. Rather, give away the best seat to other people who may need it or may, who may deserve it more. Take the seat in the back so that the one who invited you to the banquet will see your humility, invite you up to a much greater seat. And he says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And one that was listening to our Lord Jesus Christ teach, he shouts out this message. Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of heaven. Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of heaven. And this prompts our Lord Jesus Christ to then teach what you heard chanted, which is the parable that we know as the parable of the great banquet. Again, from the gospel of St. Luke in 14. Now that parable goes like this. There's a man who prepared a great banquet and he sent out invitations to many. When the banquet was ready, he sent, his, he sent his servant out to go to those who were invited and say, the banquet is now ready. Come in and feast. And as the servant went out and invited everyone now to come and was ready, making that announcement, they all started making excuses. One by one why they couldn't come to this extraordinary banquet that was set for them. One said, I just bought a field. Please have me excused because I need to go tend to it. Another said, I just bought five oxen. I need to go try them and test them. Please have me excused. And a third one, Jesus Smith just said, and this would have been the doozy, right? I just got married. Have me excused. I must tend to this marriage now. Right? Well, the servant goes back and tells of these excuses. And the man who provided the banquet became very angry. There was an aching inside of him and he was angry because he had spread this banquet specifically for the benefit of those he invited. So he says, fine, go out and you go and find the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. You bring them into my house for this banquet. And so the servant does, and he brings them in. And he goes back to the one who had created the banquet, and he says, there is still room in the banquet hall. So now the man who set the banquet says to the servant, go further. And don't stop going. Go to the highways. Go to the byways. I want everyone out there invited to come in, and don't stop until my banquet hall is full. Do you hear a heart? of this man who so wants to share all that he has with those he's inviting to this banquet. Desperately almost. I want it full. But he also tells the servant that not one of those who are invited that made excuses and did not come will taste of the blessedness of this banquet. In this parable, the church fathers teach us, and it should be fairly obvious to us, 
that the one who had made the banquet, the man who owned the property and set the banquet, is none other than God the Father. The one who was sent with both another and further invitation, but also the announcing that this banquet happens now, it is ready, come in, is none other than Christ our God. The church fathers also teach us that this parable of the great banquet is referring to three different events that occur at three different time periods, but all together equally. Let me explain. The first thing the church fathers teach us is that this parable is about the incarnation, where God sends His Son to come among us. And the incarnation Himself, our Lord Jesus Christ, is both the divine invitation and the one who is announcing the banquet is now. Come in. Come to the table, eat and feast. We see this even in the life of Christ. Who does He go to first among all of humanity? The Jews. And many of them rejected Him. And He goes further. And we see in the apostolic ministry beyond Pentecost, the same thing happened everywhere St. Paul went. He went first to the Hebrews. And then beyond that, he reached out to the Gentiles and on to the whole world. So the banquet refers to the incarnation. But at the same time, it also refers to that which the incarnation brought to us to experience now. The banquet is the divine liturgy and the holy Eucharist of Christ our God. It is the experience of Jesus Christ in the context here of the kingdom of God now and eternal, ongoing in these last days until the very return of Christ who came to invite us in the first place. It's that ongoing feast for our salvation, for the healing of the souls of all mankind. And thirdly, at the same time, the fathers teach that the great banquet should be seen eschatologically. Big word. It means beyond these last days, beyond the return of Christ and the fulfillment of all time. It is the great banquet where all those who were both invited and said yes to the invitation enjoy this great banquet feasting upon fellowship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in absolute joy and peace throughout all of eternity ever growing in the knowledge of the one who invited us. Do you see these three things? Today, for us, we're going to turn our attention to the only one we can deal with. The only one that we can deal with in our time and in our lives and tend to in our lifetime. And that is this banquet. The banquet being the tasting, the seeing, and the receiving of our Lord Jesus Christ and His kingdom in the eternal now. In the eternal now. Where He draws us up as we come out from the world. He draws us up out of our fallenness and out of our darkness here as we gather with Him. And He brings us back to Himself and literally back to our most true selves in the most natural environment we were created to exist. The Kingdom of God in Paradise. And in this light, so what's the real bank? In this setting, as we gather together in Paradise in the Kingdom of God, the banquet is this holy table, set and prepared by the hand of God for you, invited by Jesus Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit to minister life, to minister salvation to all who say yes to the invitation and who come and receive. We who come here and gather with Christ, 
who is our heavenly bread together with Him in this eternal kingdom of God. Listen to the words of St. Athanasius on this parable, especially on this idea we just talked about. St. Athanasius taught, Oh, brothers and sisters, what a banquet that is. How great is the harmony and joy of those who eat at this heavenly table. They enjoy food that produces everlasting life. Not that ordinary food which passes through the body. Who will be considered worthy to be in that group? Who is so blessed as to be called to and counted worthy of this divine feast? Blessed is he who will eat bread in your kingdom. You know who's most blessed? I'm looking at the most blessed. You are the most blessed who have been invited to this table of eternity and life. And I'm looking at those who said yes to the invitation on this day to come and meet with one another and with one another to come before Christ our King at a holy banquet where He grants us life and grants us forgiveness of sins and grants us healing and wholeness. Consider some of the truths that our Lord Jesus Christ said very specifically about what is said on this table for us every time we gather together from the Holy Gospel of St. John in chapter 6. Jesus proclaimed, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never thirst. I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise them up on the last day, for my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. My friends, you just heard the menu of the banquet giver. You heard what is delivered to us, granted within us, by the hand of Jesus Christ who loves us so greatly to fill us with Himself and eternal life as we sit here communing with Him in fellowship with this incredibly gracious banquet. Can we not get a sense of the urgency now seeing what this is? The urgency that Christ expresses in the parable when He talks about this great banquet giver inviting and desperately wanting everyone to come in and receive. He wants to heal us and redeem us and grant life from death. It's God who is the giver of life. It's God who set the banquet and gave the way of the ascension of the human soul from the horrors of the fall to come up out of that pit and be ushered up to the joy and blessedness of that paradise where we always have truly belonged. And you're sitting right now in the banquet because you said yes. He's invited you, blessed ones, and you've responded. And here it is in this place that you will have paradise opened for you. And here you will receive life by the holy food prepared on the table. And what does Jesus say this food grants us? Eternal life. The remission of sins. The being filled, remaining in the one who is the resurrection, the life, and Him promising to remain in us. 
But we also need to see something else clearly in the banquet. We cannot miss this because it's from our Lord Jesus Christ's own words who always reveals the nature of God and the Father to us. Because He also reveals the disposition of God towards those who reject the invitation and find more important things to be about than taking Christ and His salvation into Himself by our fellowship with Him. I want, to, I want you to hear the words of St. Cyril of Alexandria. By the way, the people of God being distracted by the things of the world and making other things priorities over this is nothing new to the church. It's nothing new to humanity. St. Saint, Saint Saint Cyril of Alexandria even had to pastor into it in his day. Listen to what he said about this banquet and about the excuses. They began, it says, all of them at once to make excuse. That is, with one as with one purpose, without any delay, they made excuse. By senselessly giving themselves up to these earthly matters, they cannot see spiritual things. Conquered by the love of flesh and earth, they're far from holiness. They're covetous, they're greedy. They seek things that are below, but make no account in the slightest degree of the hopes that are stored up, with, up for us in Christ our God. It would be better, far better, to gain the joys of paradise instead of the earthly fields and being trapped in the temporary ruts of the ground of this life. Do you hear his heart? He's pointing out we can be distracted. People of God, face Him again. Take your eyes off of the distractions. There is nothing more valuable to us and to our soul than this heavenly banquet. And our gathering together in joy to experience Christ and His banquet together. In the Divine Liturgy, in the Eucharist, it is our Heavenly Father's great pleasure to pull away the curtain of eternity so that we can experience the place we truly, truly belong. It's the heart of God that desires to be with us and for us to be with Him eternally and eternally begins this moment. We are now in eternity for those who are in Christ. He wants us to have the experience of tasting and seeing our most natural environment where the God-created humanity truly thrives and is put back together again and endlessly becomes what we were always created to be in the beginning. Not last Wednesday, but the Wednesday before. I quoted St. Primacius. Listen to what he says about this experience in paradise that we get he said, one has gone up and ascended who, having despised the world, is either compelled to come to the church or obtains admission to her. He ascends from the valley of tears to the height of that dignity of which we read, come. Let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways. However, the faithful are also invited to ascend to heaven when they are commanded to seek and to taste what is in heaven rather than what is upon earth. When we come and taste and see everything God grants us the experience of by His Holy Spirit in these present moments in the divine liturgy, 
we grow with a greater hunger for the things that have always truly belonged to us, the things that grant us life, the things that are the most natural to us, and the things that are most unnatural to us by this very experience, they, the hunger for them begins to fade away, begins to dissipate. And as our hunger for God and His kingdom grows, the one who spread this banquet is so delighted to feed you more. And to feed you more. You know our Lord. It's the only time you'll hear this from me. Our Lord wants us to be gluttonous. But gluttonous only for the things of this banquet. Gluttonous for the things of His kingdom. Where we simply can't get enough. And always desire and yearn for more. And He always feeds us. Now, I have to say this in the midst of talking about our Lord's parable of the great banquet. Lest we fall into the trap of Western culture legalism. There's always a danger. You know, you hear the term in the church, holy days of obligation, right? Well, holy days of obligation, just so you know, are every Sunday. It's the day of the resurrection. Every Sunday is a holy day of obligation, and so are certain major feast days all throughout the year. A holy day of obligation, but don't hear the word obligation, and unfortunately we do too many times, with the ear of legalism. When the church says these are holy days of obligation, what does it mean? I mean, think about this. Okay, I'm already married, but I'll just use myself. If I was inviting you to my wedding, right? Would you be sitting there tossing and turning, going, oh, I better get there or he's going to hit me? <laughs> Nobody thinks like that when they get a wedding invitation. No one. But you know what? If we love the person, what do we do? We obligate ourselves to go. We obligate ourselves to say yes, to go to that most blessed event. You see? So when we say holy day of obligation, let it only be in your minds. That simply means this. I really need to say yes to the invitation of my Lord Jesus Christ who created me and in His loving kindness has invited me to come to this banquet and to receive holy life from Him. To heal my wounds and my sinfulness. You see? That's how a Christian walks in obligation to God. It is a response of love to the loving kindness that we have received. Listen, God knows when you're sick and you cannot and should not be. God knows when you're injured. God knows when you're on vacation, you can't get to a banquet anywhere near you. But my friends, when we're able, Based on everything Jesus' words revealed to us is sitting here on this table, what He grants us. Can you find me something more important if you're able than with love for Christ coming to experience further the love of Christ? This is what our Lord is trying to instill in our hearts. I want to commit to you that I will do something. I'm going to commit to you that I will be praying daily for each one of us. Okay? I'll be praying daily that we see the liturgy as the paradise that it is, not just a church service. That the eyes of our soul will be open. You know, one of our greatest problems with seeing all that Christ wants to reveal to us is our minds and our souls come in still so hooked on earthly things. You remember what St. Cyril said? 
excuse me, St. Athanasius said, There's, their eyes are such on earthly things they can't see the spiritual things. So my prayer for you is the eyes of your soul open to see everything unveiled to us, that you receive everything from Christ our God every time we gather. Because this is true. Just like you see in the life and ministry of Christ many times over, in the Gospels, a table of food is spread. Christ comes and He dines with sinners. And what are we told from that experience? They and their whole household are saved, are made whole. May Christ our God, our most gracious host, make real for us this blessed and loving invitation. And may all who come and dine at this banquet be made whole again. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.